0: So we got Jason Criddle on the line. Jason, thanks for joining us here. And we don't get a lot of and a great opportunity to talk about soft, to companies and software companies and, and products. So this is kind of an interest this is going to be an interesting conversation as we change the topic a little bit today. But why don't we start with you introducing yourself and uh, talking a little bit about your company?
2: What's up, man? Jason Criddle, thanks for having me. Um, you know, uh, I, uh, one of the really cool things is, you know, I was listening to your, I was listening to a few episodes of your show uh, this morning and, and I Googled you and, and it was so beautiful because you pop right up and not only do you pop right up, but you pop right up on a couple of different pages. I mean, you got, you're part of a couple of different networks and you have your LinkedIn and you have your podcast and you have a website and it's beautiful because I spent all my time teaching entrepreneurs and new, business, new businesses that, you know, it's not that your product or your service is bad. It's just that nobody knows who you are. And whenever they Google you or they Google your name or your brand, they're not really finding anything. And so, you know, fortunately, most of the stuff that I've done and the successes that I've had have been on, are available on Google. You know, I spent a long time becoming Googleable. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, so yeah, man, recently, you know, I know that you're in IT, but uh, recently we we have a lot of investors that are real estate investors that are involved with our software company. Um, I know that there's been a lot of changes in real estate investing with COVID and there's been some bills introduced. And, uh, and so really, I just wanted to come on and kind of talk to you uh, about uh, what's going on in real estate game right now. And uh, if we think that investors are aware that there's other options available to them,
0: sure. Yeah, you initially mentioned you know the rent and mortgage cancellation act and, and how some of that's going to impact us. But uh, talk a little bit about what you're what you have to offer. I mean, you you talk about these different avenues, and and you're a software company, so um, that's really what what I'm going to end up getting pretty interested in. It's it's interesting to see. How different entrepreneurs and different companies are adapting to uh, this current scenario that we're living through.
2: Right, yeah, man. I mean, uh, we're we're smarter, smarter holding, smarter marketing. Uh, we we have a few properties out there. We're a five year old company now. We'll be a five year old company here in the next couple of months. And uh, we started out just as a merchant processor. Um, back, uh, back in 2014, 2015, we were trying to get people to use credit card machines. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had an API available that we could use online. And then, uh, suddenly the business model turned towards, well, everybody's going to e-commerce. So why don't we build an API online that people use? And that turned to smarter commerce. And then we started building proprietary technology, affiliate tech, marketing, referral marketing, all these different pieces of software. Uh, but also processing all, processing all the transactions through all the software. And so at the end of it all, we have a an e-commerce company. and We have many tools that we provide. Um, and, uh, and not only that, but, you know, being a software company, we've been complete for quite some time. And one of the things that I always talk to investors about is, you know, Whenever you're trying to build a property, it's not as easy to sell the property as it is when it's built. Whenever the property is sold, then you have the property sitting there. People can look at it. They can make the decision whether they want to buy it. But whether somebody buys it, leases it, whether it's multifamily, single family, you are limited to the amount of people that can be in that property at that time. You are Mm -hmm. always going to be limited on how much income you can make based on location, location, location. And so the thing about software companies is is we have infrastructure online. Our customers are globally available to us. And even though there are a lot of very, very successful companies on the stock market um, that a lot of people are invested in, those software companies all started out privately. And the people that made real money with those software companies are the people that were invested in those companies before those companies launched and went uh, you know, did their IPO and went public. And so being here in Texas, one of the things that I've in the last seven or eight years of doing what I do, um, usually if I want to get around software investors or software entrepreneurs, I have to go to Philadelphia or New York or California. But here in Texas, here in Dallas, especially there are, are everybody's involved in real estate. We still have a huge plot of land that can be developed and and there are meetings about meetings and meetups about meetups and everybody's involved in real estate. But then something like covid happens and all of a sudden everything changes and people stop showing up to work and people stop paying rent. And laws and bills start coming across desks that say um, that say not only can uh, the way people have invested in real estate for years completely change, but also the type and who can invest in real estate is going to change too. And even though the Rent and Mortgage Cancellation Act might not pass, that doesn't mean that different parts of it won't or that different parts of it won't go into law or, or that something even uh something that would make even a bigger change could come across the table. And so whenever COVID happened and everybody started running home, what they all started doing is building infrastructure online. You have people that were getting doing more Zoom meetings, you have people that are figuring out how to, you know, do legal proceedings and courts still work and operate, and teachers work with their students from home. But Another thing is, is a lot more transactions started happening. A lot more e-commerce started happening and a lot more entrepreneurs that have been sitting on the fence for some time have finally decided to go out there and start building their brand online. And so while a lot of people are focused on stock and while a lot of people are focused on real estate, there's a lot of software companies that are not only making money Um, And not only making returns for their investors, but they are welcoming in dollars from investors for their products and their services and their offerings and people that are in real estate just don't know that it's there. And so, yeah, I wanted to come on and talk to you guys because I want to start educating more people that are involved in real estate on how they can get involved in software companies. Sure
0: you know that you do bring up can, a a really great point you know as as we are kind of living through some turbulent times with real estate there are some people that are going to be looking for alternatives as they uh, sit on the sideline and and see where this market's going to take us
2: yeah even whenever i was sitting with Mitch over the weekend he mentioned that a lot of his investors will always tell him that um they're not as diversified as they, as they want to be, and so um, they they put a little bit of money in real estate, but they're always looking for something else. And what do people really turn to? The average everyday person just does real estate or stock. Uh, most people wouldn't go near crypto. I don't I don't blame them, <laughs> but but you know, um, software is still even though we're surrounded by software, even though software is a part of every day of our life now, uh, a lot of people just aren't aware that there are ways that you can make money from private software companies all over the world.
0: Right. Yeah. And and I think you're referring to uh, Mitch Stephen, right? Um, Yeah. Mitch. Yeah. Mitch uh, was on our episode 99. So if people were interested in that, Mitch has a very interesting strategy regarding seller financing and, and he doesn't, uh, do the traditional uh, rental property. Uh, he he really focuses on being that seller financer um, and has some great strategies there too. So make sure you check out episode ninety nine if if uh, if you're interested in the in that strategy. But going back to you, Jason, like uh, so, what to what what kind of thing would people expect? Like, uh, let's say, could you kind of give us like a a high level breakdown of if if they were interested in um investing in a software company such as yours or or how that works i mean you you talk about note financing is that uh do you have a uh are you talking about a similar type of deal um with what mitch is doing down there in texas
2: yeah 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 um Yeah. Mitch is a, Mitch is a great guy. So everybody check out that episode 99 so you can hear his strategy because he's raised, you know, over about 24, $25 million with, uh, with his investors and, and, and flipped hundreds. I mean, hundreds of homes and has a a really great strategy and he's going, uh, he's now becoming a part of smarter, um, helping us out not only with education, but, um, but uh, helping us get into a certain area of real estate as well. But uh, just to give you an example, we have a convertible note product. A convertible note is usually used by startups or software companies whenever they don't necessarily have a value or they aren't giving a value to their company. So it's really just a debt note. That debt note will have a certain term on there though investor will put in 10 grand, 50 grand, however much they decide to invest for a term, usually a minimum of two years. Um, And then they earn 10 to 20% on that note. It's a simple interest. They can be paid out monthly, quarterly, yearly. Um, They can keep it in and have it paid out at the end of the term. But normally what happens with a convertible note is right before the note matures or when the note matures, it rolls over into equity, and so the person would then have an equity position in the company um, well we're we're also keeping our equity and our equity is is worth a lot more than the convertible note and so that's the protection that we can offer to our investors because if their note were to roll over into equity you know Mitch and I were talking about that he was saying you know if somebody misses if he misses a payment on a loan then an investor gets a deed to the house that's worth two and a half, three times more. It's the same thing with our notes. And so, um, so we just pay the interest on the note and at the end of their term, they get their principal returned to them and they, they made interest. And the thing that I really like about the program, you know, especially now that we have a lot more real estate investors getting involved, is everybody's talking about the simplicity. A lot of people do worry about the stock market. It has ups, it has downs, it's based on emotion and speculation. Um, Real estate, you know, you have some gambles. I was listening to your last episode and the gentleman in Florida was talking about squatters and evictions and, you know, and all these different things. And I'm like, man, if we ever have a customer that's not paying their bills, the, the software just cuts them off. Like we don't have to do anything. We don't have to worry about squatters. We don't have to do any of that. We just, we make more money acquiring customers and keeping those customers going. than it take, than it costs to, to get them. And we're rolling that back over into investment products for our customers. Being an e-commerce company, we saw over a thousand percent uptick in the last 60 days since COVID has happened. And I imagine that a lot of e-commerce platforms are going to continue growing as well.
0: Yeah. So, so uh, can you, you, you mentioned here now that uh, it's associated with, with property or, or how do, how does that, how does that exactly tie together? Like, do you, you're, you're basically issuing, uh, loans to to real estate investors? Or maybe I'm just misunderstanding how this, this works. Yeah, a
2: convertible note is just a, it's a, it's a loan product. Uh, basically, an investor would be loaning a company money for a set amount of time, paying back a set amount of interest. Mm-hmm. No different than a real estate note. How right. they tie together is real estate investors are not only are they always looking to diversify a lot of people that do get into real estate investing, they are getting into real estate investing because they're entrepreneurs and it's kind of their way of getting their feet wet and trying business and trying investing. And, and, and it's, it's like that, uh, like the gateway drug. And, and, so, um, and so a lot of real estate investors just don't know that there's other options. What it really comes down to is it's a simple note they can part money and they can earn 20%, but they don't have to chase down a drywall contractor.
0: Mm-hmm. So um, is there like uh, requirements, like, uh, you know, some uh, regarding uh, putting your money here? Like, uh, is there a minimum that you have to work with or how does that Yeah, does so that a
2: lot of our, a lot of the investors that would come into our portfolio are accredited investors, uh, you have companies or real estate companies, uh, holdings companies. You also have um, uh, people with self-directed IRAs that are looking to park their retirement somewhere. Uh, we do a minimum of, uh, on our note in particular, we do a minimum of 5%, a, a 5% minimum. Um, we also do have a little bit of stock for sale, but that's not, you know, that, that's something that somebody would want to talk that they could talk to us about if they wanted to. Um, And we also have even a licensing program. Um, And so even if an investor wasn't interested in buying a note or buying a security, we do allow people to completely white label a managed product of ours to where somebody could have their own e-commerce company for a a down payment and a monthly payment. Mm -hmm. And, and now they're running, now they have their own software company running online. But they don't have to hire engineers you don't have to they don't have to do anything. customer service everything is taken care of on our end mm-hmm. and so uh and so here's the thing uh, Jack, like we're not the only software company doing it, mm-hmm. and so I really want people to understand that. We talked about it before I got on the show, like yes, we do have products for sale, but no, I didn't come on the show to. Uh, sell anything. I came on the show to educate people because one of the things that I have been trying to do, especially for the last couple of years, is talk to, uh, especially people that are coming to us, talk to people that have been involved in real estate and are actively involved in real estate and just giving them a comparison of the two. And so I would love to share more information with you. Uh, Maybe you can make it available online. I don't know, um, oh, yeah. and, or share some information with anybody that wants to get in touch with us, just so they can kind of compare and contrast um, the differences between private software, real estate, and the stock market.
0: Right. Well, can you kind of give us a nutshell? Like how how would they compare? Like what what people would see in the stock market, for example, compared to what you're offering here.
2: Yeah. Uh, so. Whenever you are, well, you're you're a real estate, you're a property investor. So, what is it that you are looking for every year? Is there a median return that you're hoping that you'll see every single year from your real estate holdings?
0: Yeah, well, we 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 try to keep an eye on the ball that that uh, you know it's not just a cash on cash return. You know, most most people see it as such, but with real estate, we see typically see f- uh, four profit centers. Um, so it's it's a balance between that cash on cash return, appreciation, depreciation, and um, and uh, so when you, when you start to add all of these profit centers together, um, real estate becomes really a, an attractive r- investing option or investing right. vehicle.
2: Yeah. So, what so, would be the definition of a profit center now I'm curious
0: A profit center is 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 that is a a part of that the profit that you would you would realize um, and uh, what, what I was saying is you know a cash on cash return is typically what people see you know what what kind of cash you have in your pocket after you pay a property's expenses right um, you know that's whatever cash is whatever's left over, right. Mm-hmm. What typically happens, though, is that, and, and the reason we started this podcast is, is a lot of people forget of the other profit centers, and one of them being is depreciation. You know, with every property, we get a depreciation schedule, which is a savings on your taxes. It's tax money that you're, you would have had to pay out, typically, but the depreciation schedule kind of offsets that, so it's money you're not no longer sending to the government. Um, so it's, it's, I don't want to call it found money, but it's money that you're saving. Appreciation is, is the property, most properties and definitely in Texas and on the East and West coast, we see it even on a bigger scale is that the, the appreciation of those properties, it's like money sitting in a bank. It's, it's that money is appreciating or growing as, as you own that property. The longer you own the property, you, you will see a bigger benefit when you retire, you know, as, as that, that sailing, that price increase so that we just have mul- multiple profit centers, quote unquote profit centers when we're dealing with real estate that we typically wouldn't see when, especially with the stock market.
2: Right. Right. So uh, yeah, you would call it a profit center. I would probably call it more like a, a revenue stream. It's a a vertical marketplace that we would have using our APIs. So the same process is happening, which is producing income, but it's just from a different part of that business, Mm the different part of the business structure. And so one of the things that you're dealing with in the stock market is one of the things I was saying earlier is even though we do have a lot of very successful companies in the stock market where people are holding cash now, one of the, One of the biggest things is an understanding of how the stock market works and what the stock market actually is, which is, you know, at the end of the day, it could just be considered a huge banking program. And so whenever I look at a company like Facebook, I don't even know what their value is right now, but let's just say $300 billion. Well, Facebook itself is not worth $300 billion. Facebook itself is a $5,000 website. It always has been a $5,000 website. Mm And so now they put up time, all kinds of upgrades and extra time and man hours into everything, which could possibly turn it into $20 million worth of work on a $5,000 website, but it's not worth $300 billion. What's worth $300 billion is the account that's holding their investors money because they make enough money on advertising revenue that they can spend investor dollars to drive that income producing process or profits in it the thing is is they're on the stock market and so uh, even though one company might be doing well depending on how the market is doing that day or depending on what's going on in the economy everything can drop uh, you have the ability to be shorted there there are there are a couple of different ways that would keep somebody from just earning a consistent 10% and not having to worry about it. Whatever you're speaking about, profit centers, you know, I, I think it's great that you guys have your podcast because I don't think the average person that's just now getting into real estate investing is thinking about all the different ways that they can be making money from real estate. A lot of the meetups that I've seen and a lot of the online meetings and the events that I've seen um, really have a lot of people trying to get that first fix and flip so that they can put up some new drywall and replace the carpet and paint it and make a little bit of money. Mm -hmm. They're not yet treating it like a business. And so they haven't gone through the ups and downs that you and your partners have been through to know how to, uh, take advantage of not only your profit centers, but maximize all your income potential and every single facet of that, owning the property. They also, whenever they join the stock market, they don't have any control over things like that either. What your average investor is looking for is just a place to earn the cash on cash, like you, like you called it. Mm-hmm. The average investor is just looking for a place to park money and earn 10%. Mm -hmm. And if they could do that, then they could hedge against inflation at least. Mm -hmm. They could make a little bit more money and have a little bit more money in their pocket. And so to me, whenever I think about the stock market versus real estate versus uh, a private software holdings company is effort. What do I have to do in order to make that return? What's involved? Am I going to watch the news and have a panic attack, you know, and and have a risk of losing money or can I just, can I just let my money ride, you know, and especially with our convertible note product, it is only used for income producing processes only. So absolute worst case scenario, somebody earns a minimum percentage of, I think it's like five to 8%. So it's still really good and they just get all their principal back their principal would never be used for anything that did not produce income. Mm-hmm.
0: So, you know, I, I I'm going to change the topic on you, you just a little bit because you know um, what I've definitely noticed when talking to you is, is that, you know, you talk, you, you spoke about starting things off being basically a merchant provider or credit card processor online. And you've uh, in five years time, it sounds like, uh, you've really found opportunities to fill niches. Um, you know, you, you, you've mentioned that there's other companies that are doing similar things online, but um, what kind of mental hurdles did you go through or what, what led you to where you're at here today, uh, focusing on what you are?
2: Yeah, I think, I think that there's plenty of companies that are doing e-commerce online, and I think that it can be done better. And so I've been consulting with uh, companies for seven or eight years, trying to help them increase sales processes. I've been studying behavioral economics for quite some time. Most of my books that I've written are about business and behavior. Um, It's just something that's fascinated me my entire life. And so uh, I've I've always been able to pivot. Bob Proctor has a quote. He said, the reason most people can't change their mind is because they're not aware of how to use it. And so I've always been a very big believer in changing my mind whenever I have new information. And whenever you're an entrepreneur, that's called a pivot. And a lot of people are afraid to pivot. A lot of people have, one of the things that I talk to whenever I'm talking to a a new business or a new entrepreneur, a, a lot of people come to me and they say, Jason, I'm really passionate about this thing. And I wanna spend my entire life doing this thing. Well, the truth is, is sometimes, even though you're really passionate about that thing, it's probably not gonna be how you make income for a long time. And so, even though you are passionate about this thing, when you are passionate about it, you're going to have to fund it. You're going to have to put money, time, energy behind it to get it off the ground. And that's the only way that it will ever grow. But people seem to miss that part. They think that as long as they have the passion and they say their affirmations and and pray, then all of a sudden things happen. But that's not the way money works and that's not the way the economy works. Some of the biggest hurdles that we have ever had is me coming to the realization that at some point, the business model that we had at the time was going to no longer work. It just wasn't going to work anymore. there's reasons why those things like that happen. One, because whenever you're putting out a new piece of software that the world has never seen, you come up against a lot of challenges and you go through a lot of people that don't know how to build what you want and you go through a lot of customers that don't know if they should buy what you have. And so this is going to be the same with any business any business endeavor, trying to get your first rental property, trying to be a better husband or a better father or a better spouse. It's all the same. The very time that you make a decision to build something, that's when the learning starts. That's when the hard comes. That's when uh, thats when you have to give things your all because the reality is Is there something bigger out there than all of us that's testing us along the way? And whenever we say we want to do something or we want to build something or have something, then there's something that's going, oh yeah, you really want it? Okay, (laughs) here's another hurdle. How are you going to deal with this? Oh yeah, you really want it? Okay, here's another hurdle. How are you going to deal with this? Because the thing is, is no matter what goal we make for ourselves. The reason why we're making that goal is because we see a different person we see a different future we see something in our minds eyes different than what we're experiencing now and that thing that's in the future at the end of having reached my goal is better than what i have now it's different it's it's an answer it's a solution but what where a lot of people get misguided is they don't start being that right now they don't realize that the only thing that's keeping them from being that right now is being that right now and that doesn't mean fake it till you make it that means not needing a to-do list because the type of person that's already fulfilled that goal wouldn't need a to-do list Not building a contingency plan because the type of person who would have fulfilled that goal would have powered through it all. And so regardless if we're getting involved in real estate or software, there's a lot of hurdles that do keep us from reaching our goals. And those hurdles are all just mental and spiritual barriers that we've built up in ourselves. Mm -hmm. One of the reasons why I make a really great CEO, of smarter and smarter holdings in all of its companies is because I have the faith and belief to pivot. I have the ability to see that something might not work or something could work better. And fortunately I've been able to help a lot of companies doing it too.
0: Yeah. You know, I, I, uh, boy, I don't know if we could end this any better than, than what you just said you know i will end with this like you know we we touched on a lot of things everything from from this platform as well as you know the mindset was there any questions that you you wish i would have asked today that we we probably should have covered
2: no man i think uh i think everything happens i, th- I think everything happens exactly the way it should whenever we got on the phone before our call, you know, whatever I thought you were making me wait on hold for 10 minutes, but I was making you wait on hold for 10 minutes. You remember that? Yep. (laughs) No, I mean, I could tell, I could tell that that we connected and that we had some chemistry, you know? And, uh, and I'm glad the conversation went in the direction that it went because that's ultimately what I try to do every single day. One of your, one of your, uh, um, Guess was talking about that a couple of episodes ago mitch and i were talking about that over the weekend like success comes from helping people mm-hmm. any money that you can make is a byproduct of helping people and so successful people regardless of their investors house flippers software company owners it, i mean it doesn't matter um we're just people that see things through, you know, and people that have a genuine desire to help people. One of the reasons why I reached out to you is because of your podcast, man. I mean, you, you have a genuine desire to help people. That's the reason why you're putting out content. You're not even concerned with who's listening or who couldn't be listening or what you're just hoping that whenever somebody does listen, it, it helps them a little bit more. And like you said, I learn by teaching. So writing a book or getting on a radio show, that's when I learn the most about myself. I think we all do.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I, and There's no doubt, you know, and it, it could be the just the way I learn. But um, if I can explain it, that's when I, I know that I, I understand it. <laughs> so right. I spend a lot of time doing that. And you know you you talk a lot about you know and and uh, I've been getting back into some of my favorite books again and and a lot of a lot of what you're talking about is is things that um, I revisited in the book called The Go Giver and and uh, uh, it, it's really really important to like you said help help where you can where you can I mean uh, we talk about rising tides lift all boats but. Um, yeah, really helping other people in any way you can. There's, there's other benefits there that, uh, I wish people would realize.
2: I think, I think that that's, what's missing from most people's business plans. I was, uh, talking to one of my, uh, salespeople the other day and I was telling her about in an MLM company, the fastest way to get the free car is to help somebody else get the free car because then you get the free car by default. Mm-hmm. And I don't have to go any further in explaining how that works. It's such a simple philosophy. And so people get into business because they're trying to make money. But where the real money is, is helping people make money. Yep, That's where the money is. And you'll make money by default.
0: You know, a, a gr- another great example of that is, I don't know if you've ever played the game Cash Flow um, by... Robert Kiyosaki. Robert
2: Kiyosaki. I've played it. Yes.
0: Yeah. There's a trick to that game that I'm going to spoil for everybody right now. Um, that game can last quite a while if you're all competing against each other. But if everybody around that board starts playing and trying to help each other hit the goals, uh, everybody the game can be over relatively quickly and you're all, you're, you all win.
2: And everybody wins. Isn't yeah. that crazy? And that's one of the, that's the same thing, you know, um, one of the reasons why our affiliate software is even in existence is because I helped a lot of MLM companies, but I saw that things could be better. One of the things that I saw that could be better is not having to pay in order to sell. And, uh, and so that was one of the biggest changes that I made with our software and, and surprisingly, lo, lo and behold, people wanted it. Mm mm-hmm. And so we always have to be willing to change as well. We have to be willing to look at uh, how the market uh, is treating things, how people around us are, are treating us. And, uh, and a lot of that goes into business. I I think, I think the real key to being successful, I was listening to Jack Welch winning uh, whenever I was driving to San Antonio and back. And, um, And and the key to being a very successful person is just wanting to be a good person. You know, he, he talks in one of his chapters about how parents and preachers always make the best managers. And, and I think, I I think it's true. I think that once you become a parent, you start thinking about responsibilities different, Mm. but then if you can take that and you can adapt it to a, a compassionate, godlike, like um, loving for everybody and an understanding of everybody, then I think that that's what makes somebody a really compelling teacher. I, I grew up struggling. I grew up poor. I spent most of my time building my software company poor, but it never stopped me from having the desire to just help people and that's one of the ways that you become googleable is google doesn't show you money google doesn't is not a bank account but what it does show you is wealth it shows you the things that somebody is building for themselves and um and and i think that we can all strive to do that man you know and maybe hopefully somebody's listening to this episode and i don't care if they know or want to know anything about real estate or software or the stock market. I just hope that we talked about something here at the end that compelled them to go out there and try to be the best person that they can be. Because that's what it all comes down to, man. It it all comes down to the fact that we're, we've all become these selfish hypocrites that sit inside our own little holes and we don't do anything for anybody else, man. And then all of a sudden it takes a virus, it takes a pandemic for us to realize that even truck drivers are important and the people that work at grocery stores should be thanked. This is a world that we should have been living in all along. And so the world is never going to go back to the normal that we saw. This is going to be the new normal going forward. And the new normal can make somebody a lot of money. It can make somebody a better person. Like all the lines, you have a line that could be crossed. Those lines disappeared two months ago. We live in a completely different world now where people can be whatever it is that they want to be. And they've been able to do it for 60 days. You know, And it takes people like you and me to get up there and show them that they can do it and to tell them on an episode like this that they do have permission to do it. I am a 36-year-old father that has raised my daughter and homeschooled her on my own while building this software company. If I can do that, then anybody can do anything. And I grew up poor. I didn't come from a trust fund. I didn't have any money. Man, (laughs) you know, so I'm just, I'm just a guy. I'm just a guy that, that wants to help others. And if people develop that drive and that ambition in themselves, then they can be very, very successful, Jack.
0: Well, Jason, this I I appreciate you uh, adapting to change again as I change subject on you mid podcast here. <laughs> I don't know if you <laughs> expected it to be a mindset interview, but I mean, in the end, that's that's kind of where we landed.
2: Yeah, man, just going with the flow, brother.
0: <laughs> yeah, so where where can people find you learn more about your company uh, i you know i'm sure they can google you i, I know you've been on uh, published on a, a number of platforms but where's the easiest way to get a hold of you
2: yeah um uh if anybody wants to look up anything smarter it's s m a r t r so smarter without an e Uh, smarter holdings is our holdings company we have smarter marketing out there if anybody needs affiliate software we have smarter commerce oh my gosh it's it's huge but somebody can just google me they can look up Jason Criddle and whenever they do look up Jason Criddle one of the very first things that's going to pop up is probably going to be my website jasoncriddle.com they can contact me through there they can contact me through any smarter website Um, I have a little I have an app uh, that I just use as that 's out there as a demo uh, of for our affiliate company that sells apps, but somebody could get a hold of me through the app if they wanted to it 's up to them um, and yeah, so just just look me up love to talk to you
0: yeah, I appreciate it, Jason, and i 'll make sure to include all of those links in the show notes. really appreciate your time. Uh, we kind of went a lot a bit longer than than uh, you probably were expecting, but I appreciate you sticking it out.
2: Oh, dude, this is fun, man! I'd love to do it again sometime too.
0: Yeah, I'd appreciate that. Thanks. We've put a lot of effort into providing useful content, and if you've found value in the show and have any interest in supporting us with a small donation, head over to Patreon.com/slash/HouseDudes.
1: And if you have any thoughts or questions, shoot us an email at info at You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at HouseDudes. And if you like what you're hearing, head over to iTunes, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. It really helps other investors out there find the show. And remember, massive positive impact requires massive positive action. We'll see you next time. This episode was brought to you by HouseDudes.com. Do you have time to actively manage flipping and rentals yourself? If so, go for it. If you live in a market that won't cash flow or don't have the time to do all the work, are you just out of luck? If there was a way to participate more passively, would that appeal to you? I'm sure you have questions about how the process works and what to do next. If that's the case, fill out the form on housedudes.com slash investors, and we'll reach out to see if you are a good fit for our business. This is First Come, First Serve, and we will have to stop taking applications when our goals are met. See you at housedudes.com slash investors.